Madison, we had a first over the weekend. Oh, yeah? Our first, um, I guess, person looking to sponsor our podcast <gasps> reached out. Yay! That's yeah, exciting. Yeah, don't get too excited. Oh, wait. What? It was like a spam message through Instagram, oh. but they wanted us to sponsor um, an account. I almost feel like I shouldn't even say it because then that's like we're sponsoring them. them. Yeah. I will just say it was a, it's a manscaping system. So like... <laughs> I guess razor and scissors and personal care items for for men for men yeah <laughs> and their account name did have the word smooth and balls in it <laughs> <laughs> and then when you when I went to that account it was just like tennis balls were, were the pictures on their feed <laughs> oh my goodness so needless to say well I'm I'm flattered yeah that's very sweet I think our average you know. 60 unique listeners that we have each week. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that they are the target demographic for manscaping yeah. tools. Probably not. I don't know. If I'm wrong, y'all let me know. I will respond to their message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't say, I can't imagine what it would be like hmm. doing a spot for that kind of, you and I doing that kind of oh, spot. Right. We, we have no frame of reference for that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Wait, well, never mind. (laughs) That's enough. Yeah. (laughs) And cut. This is Be Createful, a podcast about how we find fullness through creativity. I'm Joe. And I'm Madison. And today, on episode 36, we are talking about productivity and you, or... I have a secret title. Okay. <laughs> the uh, titles, by the way, I never know what you're going to say for the title. No. So it's always kind of secret. So what, hit, get, hit me with the secret so title. The secret title is Finding Your Value with Creativity. Okay. There's a connection there. Yes. We will talk about it. Yes. Um, I think you have the harder job in our opening. Oh, <laughs> finding a title. Yeah. Because one, you have to remember the number. Of the, of the podcast <laughs> and also you have to and it's not really the title I know I, but the topic you have to define the topic in a few words and we haven't always discussed that beforehand yes I at this point now I realize that there are some times where we have a like disconnect and so I try to make sure we talk at least a little bit about it so that I can I think this episode well I just I don't know if you heard that. I just <laughs> ran into the microphone with my mouth. With my mouth. With your mouth? With my mouth. <laughs> that is masked mouth, but my mouth is not masked right now. Okay. I am completely off the topic now. <laughs> this episode in particular, we had a little confusion over the topic, I think. Yes. Because originally I had said to Madison, um, hey, I, w- I want to talk about productivity. And that word did not mean to you, that didn't mean to you what I thought that it meant. The same thing it meant to me. Yes. So do you want to say what you heard me say when I said yes. that? Yes. So I I thought you wanted to talk about how we become more productive in our creativity. Like, how, like basically, how do we foster more creativity in our lives so that we push out more creative works? But that's not what you meant. That's the opposite of what I meant. <laughs> What I meant was that productivity is one of my biggest struggles and 
in life. And I wanted to talk about um, what I've learned from creativity that has helped me disconnect from the need to be productive. See, and this is why we talk about these things beforehand. Yes. Otherwise, I would have come to this podcast with totally different talking points. Yes. And like it would have been the complete opposite of what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. So I had an interesting Instagram conversation with um, a friend of mine, Cody Skinner. He used to, well, I guess he still has organic woodwork and now he's a realtor. So if you're looking for to buy or sell a house, uh, you can find him yeah. on Instagram at I have to remember what it is. Selling Arkansas. Okay. He had posted in his stories something about um, being productive and like, is anyone else addicted to productivity? That's what he was talking about. Yeah. So I responded and said, uh, absolutely. We're actually talking about this on the episode that we're recording. So he said that productivity is probably his biggest driver, like uh, his biggest yeah. motivation. I feel that it, that's... That's a big motivation for a lot of people. And so I absolutely agree with that. And then I added that it's also my biggest obstacle. How so? So he said, yeah, because once the depression or self-doubt kicks in, you are your biggest enemy. And I said, exactly. I'm either totally on fire or I'm hiding under the bed. There's no middle ground. Um you're not like content in your productivity where you're like, I could be doing more, but like what I'm putting out is good. No, the for issue now. is that if I am, when I'm being productive, that's fine. But then it's when I go through seasons, days, hours sometimes of not feeling productive, it's like I fall all the way down the mm -hmm. mountain. There's no like, middle ground of just getting up and going through the motions and doing the work. I'm either all or nothing. I'm it's either I'm either being successful and productive or I'm not. I like what you said when you were talking about feeling productive because I think that's what we're going to get into the meat of today is the difference the difference between being productive and feeling productive. Yeah. So, and it just was interesting that we had that conversation and then now we are recording an episode. So yeah. I asked him if I could share because I think it helps set the tone of what I mean when I'm talking about productivity or like how the impact that productivity or my perception of productivity has on my overall well-being and self-worth, self-value, yeah. esteem. I mean, I know all of those words mean different things, but. Um, because those feelings that Cody mentioned and you have mentioned are those feelings of, um, sadness, depression, of uh, not feeling like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and that is like very, I don't know what, what the word is for it. It's very, it's very personal and it's not quantifiable in the same way that maybe productivity could be quantified, like by... By the actual things that you're producing. If you're talking, you mean if you are just looking at productivity as something that's measurable mm -hmm. versus productivity as a means for getting value, personal yes. value. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we were making masks, we had a metric of 
this is the average number of masks we make in a day. So then if we made that many, it was a good day. If we made more, it was a really good day. If we made less, then we needed to work on some things. But in the same way, you and I didn't feel as productive when it comes to working towards the mission of make do. Right. Um, so there was a difference there. There was a disc, there was a dissonance. And that is a good point that actual making of product or mm -hmm. productivity is not always a good measure of achieving your goals or your vision or your mission because we were making masks and that was something that was measurable in a way that nothing we do at Make Do is that measurable. And so on one hand, it was a real relief that we had a way to, at the end of the day, be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a good day. But it was very unfulfilling because we weren't being able to make steps forward in the whole reason Make Do exists, which is getting people together through creativity. So in trying to find that fullness and that value, um, I started to think of times where I have placed my self-worth and value in some of the things that I could feel that were more measurable. Um, so in one of the, let me give you an example. Okay. So in one of those instances, I, or this still happens today, I tend to get my value from needing to be needed. So if there are multiple people throughout my day who need me there that um, cannot complete their day without me being a part of it, then that makes me feel like I'm productive or that I have value. Um, so teaching a class or helping you out or, you know, being, you know, being able to go home and make dinner for Richard and, and all of those things, that gives me value. Like, oh, look at all the people that I've helped today. And I can count and say, oh, I've helped all these people. I've been so good today. Do you ever count me more than once? <laughs> Should I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if if that is what makes you feel valued, just know that, uh, like, I could not do make do without you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I will soak that in. <laughs> so you're... What I hear you saying is that you are connecting your value more toward um, the like a, an actual connection mm -hmm. with other people, like yeah. being able to measure how you have helped yes. someone else. So is that the top way that you get your value? Um, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. So my top way would be just productivity. That is my tangible way of quantifying my value. So, um, how many hours did I work or did I get everything done on my to-do list or am I being really impressive and doing something that, you know, surprises everyone? Those are all very, it's real performance based. It is absolutely 100% <laughs> performance based. Um, and it is very, it can put me very easily into a, it can trap me in a cycle that is almost impossible for me to get out of. Like, it's really hard for me to recognize it's even happening. So like, let's say I'm really productive and then that gives me energy mm -hmm. because I was being productive. So then I have energy. And so then I'm going to take all that energy and I'm going to end up overworking. I'm mm -hmm. going to like keep being more productive and then I'm going to burn out. So that's one way the cycle goes. 
It also can be like, because in that burnout, my productivity lowers. And so then I overwork to try mm-hmm. to be productive, but I don't have the energy anymore. I think that's a common cycle, even in my own experience. Because if I help out too many people to the extent that I burn out, then I need time in order to recover. But then I'm not helping anyone. I'm only helping me. And then because I'm not helping anyone and focusing on myself, I feel selfish and um, like I'm not productive. Mm-hmm. Hang on one moment. Kay. We're going to pause. Oh. Quick. Hi. Thank you. What is it? Ooh, a package. From where, though? From Amazon. Oh, from Amazon. Oh, you know what? I bet it's our books for the read aloud for the summer reading. I guess we could have asked the UPS guy what makes him feel valued. (laughs) I feel like that would take away from his productivity today. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like we're having, have you seen those memes going around that are like, tell me you're a blank without telling me you're a blank. Yes. Like, tell me you're a college student without telling me you're a college student. I feel like we right now are having a, tell me your Enneagram number without telling me your Enneagram (laughs) number (laughs) conversation. You might be right. (laughs) Um, I'm still, totally makes sense because the Enneagram is kind of centered around, well, not kind of, the Enneagram is absolutely centered around your motivation. Yeah. And we, our motivation comes from our deepest desires and what we need. So it totally makes sense. Exactly. Um, so I feel like that cycle that you're discussing is universal. Um, when we're talking about productivity and, uh, self-worth. Yeah. So do you, did you write down any other places that you find value? Yes. I don't know if it's much different than, well, it is different than productivity because productivity doesn't have to just be in my work life. Mm -hmm. It can also be in, um, with Pip, like I'm working on some training with her and how good is she doing then reflects on me on how good I am as like her mom or whatever. Yeah. Um, or if I get a bunch of stuff done in my yard, then I feel like a really good homeowner. Yes. So I'm always, it is my value in whatever aspect it is. I'm always connecting to work that I'm doing in that area. Exactly. It's not just your actual job we're discussing, but all of the places in which you could be productive. I mean, I, I started writing down a bunch of different things, but it all comes down to, for me, you know, have I impressed people? Have I helped people? Mm-hmm. Like, like I wrote down being a cool wife. <laughs> what makes one a cool wife? Like, Madison? you know, I, I let Richard hang out with the guys and have his guy time. But like, if I happen to be around, like I'm cool and I, I bring snacks and I can like hang out like I'm just one of the boys. But I'm also like really attractive too. So that like, yep. you know, other people would be like, wow, he has a really attractive wife. Yep. None of this. Also, like, like <laughs> you, so sometimes I get jealous of about how much you know about anime. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, during the teen class and yeah. stuff. Because Madison knows all about anime and video games yeah. and other stuff that I don't even know the categories mm-hmm. for. <laughs> and so you're able to have conversations with the teen's 
that's my class, but you come in and I feel like you're the cool one because you can talk about sub or dub <laughs> and over the high castle or I don't know, <laughs> all of that stuff. See, but the thing is, is that I have cultivated that because I have this drive to be like to be able to connect with people. And sometimes it's unhealthy where I, you know, I can talk about these things, but they may not be things that I'm genuinely like invested in. Mm. I would say that, I mean, to be completely honest, anime, I watch a good bit of it, Mm. but like video games are not really my thing, but I know a lot about them because well, my husband, because you're being a cool wife and I want to be a cool wife. Yeah. So there you go. Well, my other thing I had written down, and this is what I said. I I don't know if it is the same as productivity, but it is specifically make do. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of, I take on the compliments that people give to me about make do. I take that on like very personally. Mm. People don't say negative things to me about make do, but when something that make do is trying to do doesn't succeed, I also take that on very personally. Um, but the trick with that is that when someone compliments me, I think, well, actually you're just complimenting make do and I can't take credit for all that make do is. Yeah. So it's weird. Like I 100% take on the, the criticism or the shortcomings of make do but I don't 100% take on the success or the benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when I was thinking about this today, it did make me kind of realize this question. And I don't know if I will even state it in a way that makes sense. So help me clarify. But I was trying to boil down if my worth comes from, if I get my worth from the value I receive from others. Mm-hmm. Or am I getting my worth from the value I'm able to offer them? Like, which one makes me feel more valuable or more worthwhile? Mm -hmm. So I guess an example of that would be, do I feel valued? I mean, of course I feel valued if someone spends their time with me or Mm -hmm. goes out of their way to help me. Um, That is important to me, but I think what's more important is that people see me as a source of value for them. Yes. Does that make sense? It does. I... Hmm. So, I like, when someone gets a, gets value out of coming to a class at Make Do, mm-hmm. that makes me feel good. Like, that makes me feel like what we're doing is worthwhile. Mm-hmm. More so than if someone reaches out to like see what we need or to help us in some way. Like I would always am wanting to like be the one helping someone else. Oh, absolutely. I understand that you, you want to be the one that's providing a, like you were saying, like providing value. Um, But if that's what you put a lot of your self-worth and value on, then when it's time for you to be able to take on help, it becomes difficult for you to receive that Mm -hmm. because then you're like, wait, if I'm putting value on helping others, then the flip side of that is if I'm not helping others, then I don't have value. And so when you ask for help, it's like you're devaluing yourself. Mm -hmm. 
And that is a really rough place to be in. So we should find our value in other places that don't fluctuate or even depend on others. Mm -hmm. One example of... (laughs) being willing to offer help but not always wanting to take it Mm -hmm. i had to go i went to the airport last week and so madison took me to the airport Mm -hmm. and um i said you know because i had to well i made it part of madison's job (laughs) to take me to the airport yeah (laughs) so i compensated her yes but i told her i said you know i'm always willing to take someone to the airport yeah it was because you said that part of like being an adult is like oh i shouldn't have have to ask other people for taking to take me to the airport but that's silly yeah you mentioned you're like that's ridiculous right it's like when you're in college you ask friends to take you to the airport or when you're young you ask people to help you move but then it seems like once you are a certain age then you should be able to afford movers so you don't need to ask your friends anymore you just pay movers to come yeah. and you don't ask a friend to take you to the airport you just pay an uber to take you yeah and that but that seems so silly because i would always be like you don't need to pay an uber i'll take you to the airport exactly but then i don't always i don't ask other people to take me to the airport yeah just because i so whenever you're in that situation you should just ask yourself if a friend came to me and asked me for this would i give it to him willingly and if the answer is yes then go ask for that so madison and i i told madison the next time you and richard need to go to Mm -hmm. the airport i will take you just know if you need a ride. See, Joe said that before she, before I told her that most of the time when we go to the airport, it's like really early in the morning. I don't mind. See, sometimes it makes me feel productive when I get up really <laughs> early in the morning. Fair enough. I like getting up when it's still dark. And then especially if it's a day that I know I can take a nap. You know, I that like it. it. It's like a secret time of day. No yes. one else is up. Yes. But that's also how I feel about being up late at night. I just like the dark. I don't blame you. I, too, like the dark. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we're a creative studio. Yeah. We think creativity can teach us lessons about everything. So obviously, well, I only have one lesson I've learned from creativity in regards to this specific topic. All right. Hit me with it. It is that there, it's learning to value the process over the product. So in creativity, yes, it's always, oh, I'm making a quilt. I'm painting a painting. I'm whatever. But the fun part is doing the thing. Mm-hmm. The fun part isn't finish the thing being over and finished. So it completely takes, if you take the product out, mm-hmm. then there's no more productivity. You only have like the ivity. The if- <laughs> oh my word, I love that. The ivity. Um and that's useless. I mean the ivity can be anything. Activity, creativity. Oh yeah. That's the only ivities <laughs> I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> I love it. Um I didn't always agree with that. That um You don't agree with something that I'm saying? Surprise. Madison. <laughs> <laughs> um because I used to give advice to people who worked with other human beings that they needed to get involved in a creative process because it provides you a, a linear progression uh, that you can see grow over time uh, that only depended on you. Whereas when you work with people, if you're teaching or counseling or just working with any sort of human factor, uh, humans aren't linear. They, they take two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be frustrating. But now that you say that, I think 
what's beneficial is not the fact that they get to finish a product mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I made that happen all on my own. It's the fact that they had control over the process themselves right. and no one else was a part of it. Right. So that's what was beneficial. I also don't think that you're wrong. I think it's a both and, mm-hmm. right? And I think we talked about this in our benefits of creativity episode, that creativity gives you something tangible, gives you a tangible way to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is still true because otherwise, what are you doing? Like you're just kind of floating, you know, waiting around in the ocean mm-hmm. of creativity, like <laughs> swimming in color and stuff. Yeah. What are you doing if you're not working toward a goal? Mm-hmm. So it is still beneficial to see uh, tangible steps being made, progress being made. You can see, oh, all this stuff was just fabric, but now I have cut it. Now it's something else. The teen girls are making shirts mm-hmm. right now. And so this week we didn't get very far in our t- to-do list, but we did get the shoulder seams sewn on and every single one of them put it on their body. It was like, oh my gosh, it looks like a shirt. Uh-huh. And all that was done was the shoulder seams were made. So it's not sewn up the side. There's no collar. There's, you know, there's nothing. It's like, it looks like a cape. Yes. It, that you put on to get x-rays, like the <laughs> lead capes. <laughs> that's what it looks like. But that's all they had to do to see progress mm-hmm. and to see what they were making go from random pieces of fabric that look weird to, oh my gosh, this is how it's going to come together. Mm-hmm. I love that moment. So that step forward then energizes you to keep going because you see the little bit of progress that you made. That's the beauty of being able to teach here at Make Do is getting to see those beautiful little moments up Mm -hmm. close for so many people. Yeah. So all that to say the way that you would have described creativity as being a, a funnel or a process toward accomplishment I don't Mm. think that that is incorrect I think it's just you have now deepened your (laughs) understanding of it that it isn't just getting to the end it's also I like how you said it's that you are in control of the whole process that doesn't mean you won't make mistakes or that unforeseen things won't arise it's just that you then control them deal with them yourself I wrote I mean I wrote down a couple of things but I think most of them coalesce into the um, that creativity gives us both tangible and intangible um, processes that help us to feel productive um, that also can help us let go of mm-hmm. needing to feel like you're focused on the product. Um, but the one that I wanted to mention was going through rough drafts and rehearsals are progress. That's what creativity has taught me mm through this so um in in garment sewing you're highly advised to make a mock-up yeah where out of like weird uh, well weird let me back up you're advised to make a mock-up out of some fabric that doesn't matter not the original or the not your expensive nice fabric yes um most people skip this step because it takes a long time however um it's really important if you want to get your final draft correct. And I think the reason people don't want to make that mock-up is because it doesn't feel like progress. It feels like you're taking steps towards making a garment, but then you will have to start over again and cut out your pieces Mm -hmm. and put it together Mm -hmm. when it feels like you've already done that. 
But all of those are part of the progress. All of those false starts that you have, your rough drafts, your um, your rehearsals, the moments that you fail, those are all considered, can be considered productive. We just have to change our mindset to see them that way. Yes. I think this is what my original idea of I want to talk about productivity was about, that the productivity is not just the final product that is good. Mm-hmm. It's everything. It's all the driving forces that get you to that place. But I don't think that we see it that way. Like we only see it as the success is what's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the way that you put that. Um, that's exactly what I was going for. So do you have, you, you said that you only had the one. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we should talk about places that we should find our value um, beyond just, hey, look, I've made 12 quilts this year. So in what places should we find our value? Oh, I didn't write any of that. I didn't think about this. Oh, was that not part of our third part? Like, No, that wasn't, but let's talk about it. Oh, no. <laughs> That's okay. So those were part of the uh, tips that I wanted to give out uh, to oh, our audience. I wrote, I thought of tips of um, ways to disconnect. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't alternative sources for value. Oh, well, yeah, I guess mine are all considered alternative sources then. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about alternative sources. Okay. You go first since I haven't thought about it. Sure. Um, the first source is your identity. And for that, I put down um, that your identity as a human being that has a creative gift, which we believe that all humans have this innate gift that comes from a higher power, um, is where you can find your value. So the fact that a created being has made something, that gives you, um, that puts value not only on the product that you make, but you know, you have inherent value as a uniquely created being. So just the fact that you're here. Yeah. You're here. You're human. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one was um, we need to find our value in the places that help us become better versions of ourselves. So asking yourself, will this experience help me to be a fuller me and finding value in those experiences? Um, those, those places can be really uncomfortable. You could be around someone that makes you a better person, but it may not be a very comfortable experience to be around that person. Mm. Or you go through a process like, man, I've got this really terrible job, but it's teaching me a lot about how I need to care for myself or how to get through, um, really tough experiences and you can find value in that. Well, because growth typically happens in the uncomfortable spaces, right? Exactly. I mean, that's why we call them growing pains. So you may be stuck in this job that you don't like, that you feel like isn't going to be part of your grander story, but you can still find value in that um, because it can give you something that maybe your dream job wouldn't be able to give you. Yeah. So, um. And my last one was um, finding people that also help you to to become a fuller version of you. Um, 
So I actually thought of you when I was thinking of, (laughs) when I wrote this down, because um, I have creative mentors in my life, but I haven't gotten to work closely with them. And so having someone who is more experienced has made me a better creative and a fuller version of myself. And so I find value in those people. I'm not going to put value in strangers who... Um, don't know me or understand me or have not put a vested interest in me. Right. Um, but I am going to put value in people that will give me honest feedback who want me to be a better version of mm-hmm. me. So, well, that was a very kind thing to say. The way that you said that, because I'm, I have been sitting here the whole time you're talking, also thinking, wait, are we looking at this the wrong way? Like, because even all of these things are still like we're still searching for value in our like to validate Mm -hmm. us and our existence and the way that you said what you just said was putting value in relationships with other people or putting value on the growth that you are getting in a certain situation and it is kind of flipping the conversation on its head right like it's no longer about am I worth it, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Am I worth someone's time? Am I worth someone's love? Am I worth someone listening to me in conversation? It's, it's focusing instead on the things that are worthwhile for you. Mm -hmm. And as we pursue those things, there is a fulfillment that happens that then makes us, as we're feeling fulfilled, Mm -hmm. then we're no longer struggling with a lack of personal value. Yeah. So I almost imagine that you have all like, go with me here, uh, that you have like a basket of value eggs. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So go with you me. know, we're bored with all of our value eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a basket of value mm-hmm. eggs and instead of requiring people to put eggs in your basket, you are taking control of your value basket full of eggs and putting value into other things where you're like, I find value in myself. So it's almost like, all right, so that egg gets to stay in my basket. And then (laughs) like, you're like, I find value in this relationship with someone else. And you have the control to be able to take that egg and put it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You're not starting with an empty basket and begging people for value eggs. Instead, you're starting with a full one because you are valuing you. Right. If that makes sense. Okay. So let me just play, I, let me just, maybe this analogy, maybe we can't stretch it too far, but <laughs> what happens when you give all of your eggs away because you're wanting people to give you their eggs? I think it's your job to make sure that you don't give all your eggs away. Okay. Like you, like I was saying, you need to put value in yourself. You at least need to have one value egg for you. You're protecting your own value. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you have to work hard to do that and it's a struggle and sometimes it feels selfish. Um, but you have to do that so that you don't end up with an empty basket. Right. And if you are doing that, if you have the right perspective and you are focusing on cultivating your own value Mm -hmm. then is it even possible for your basket to become empty Mm, i think we're touching on some good stuff here because something just keeps laying the eggs (laughs) (laughs) there's a 
children's book. I might be by Max Licato. It's like these little wooden creatures. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If Do they have the stickers? And they have it's like stickers. So they give each other like like gray circles if they don't yes. like it and then gold stars if they like it. Yes. And then there's this one little girl or boy, I don't remember, who like only has gray circles. And then mm. if someone has gray circles, I would, if you had a bunch of gray circles, I would just give you another one for no reason at all, except that you already have a lot. So then people keep getting more and more gray circles or more and more gold stars. Mm-hmm. And then this character goes and meets with the creator that mm-hmm. made them and starts to get value from the creator. And then all of the gray circles fall, off. fall off. Yeah. But then gold stars don't stick either. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing as what you're saying, yeah. except your version is more like, uh, yet you have, you stick a gold star on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, okay. So here was the direction I was going to take. Yes. I'm very interested to hear this. So my goal is never to find, well, I'm not going to say never. I'm trying to learn that my goal is not to find ways to be more productive Mm -hmm. so that I can find value when I'm feeling unproductive. Does that make sense? Yes. My goal is to learn how to disconnect my value from productivity altogether. So that when you do feel that depressed feeling, you can start to kind of get out of that funk because you're disconnecting yourself from, I need to be productive right now. Yes. So I was coming up with tips for finding value beyond productivity. Maybe not find, not alternative sources to find my value, Mm -hmm. but ways to to maybe even still be product not no i just said it wasn't about being more productive okay anyway here's my number one yes let's hear it my first thing is to ditch the to-do list as a measure of a successful day oh okay so i still have a to-do list because if i don't write things down i'm gonna forget that i need to do them Mm -hmm. so i still have a list but if only one thing gets crossed off of it that's fine. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I did something toward my list today. So like my, I have my list for this week in my lap right now. I have two pages of things on my list Ooh. that need to get done. And but well, this is two weeks worth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have consistently been crossing them off every day, but there are still more not done than done. Mm-hmm. So all that means is that today I'm going to, mark off a couple more. You know, I kind of try to prioritize what's the most important. I, I struggle with that as well because it all feels equally important. They're all on the list, right? Right. Um, so I, I have a hard time prioritizing, but um, if I get some marked off, then they get marked off. And then that was a good day. So, so that's the finding... That's the finding productivity in the fact that you've made some progress, not how much progress, but more of you have, you have done what was important for that day and you're not going to concern yourself for the things that were left undone. Right. Because what will happen is I, in my, in my natural mindset, if I get everything marked off my list, then only then do I say that was a good day. I got a lot done. If I do not get everything marked off my to-do list, then I say, 
I didn't get what I wanted to get done today. It was not a good day. Mm-hmm. When it could be that someone came into the studio and talked to us for two hours. Mm-hmm. That happens. When yep. that happens, we don't get very much done. Yep. It could be that I had a creative whim for a new project and started doing that and it wasn't on my list at all. Mm-hmm. It could be that we found out that it's a uh, pretzel week at <laughs> Sonic this week. So I had to make an extra trip to Sonic yeah. and then that took time. You know, with... Um, Pip has thrown a real wrench <laughs> in my productivity Yes, because she doesn't come to the studio right now. Well, when she was coming to the studio, I didn't get any work done. Yeah. So I was like, she has to stay home so I can get work done. But now I go home in the middle of my day Yeah. and then that throws me off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my energy level, my ability to focus, all of that affects how much I can get done on my list. So it's not fair to use the list as your only measure. There's right. other things that you can do. Right. So that is my second thing mm-hmm. is to show up to work, mm-hmm. do some work, and then go home. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I work more at home, but it's not an expectation. We are not meant to be machines that put out the same amount of quote, productivity every single day. Mm -hmm. We're humans that have bad days and you would allow other people space for that. Oh, they had a really bad day. So they may not get as done as they, as much as they want. Or, oh, there was a bad storm last night. They didn't sleep well, you know. Absolutely. It's the same thing we were just talking about rides to the airport. Mm -hmm. If you come in and say you need a ride to the airport, I'm like, of course, I will give you a ride. Or if you come in and say, I didn't sleep well last night. I think I'm just going to do this today. I'll be like, of course, take care of yourself. Yeah. But it's not so easy for me to do that on my own. One practical thing that has really helped me with this is tracking my time. Um, And this was something that my board asked me to do like last year. And it wasn't, hey, we need you to track your time because, you know, you need to prove that you're worth the salary we're paying you. It's more you need to track your time because, like, it's not your job to work all the time. Yes. And so even in tracking my time at the end of the year, I won't tell you, I don't want to um, glamorize how much I work. That's Mm -hmm. not what I'm trying to do. My, anyone's average at the end of the year should be less than 40 hours a week because Mm -hmm. you should be taking time off. Yeah. Um, But if I looked back at a month and my average was above 40 hours, I would be like, okay, I really need to work harder at not working so much. Mm -hmm. But I still had this sense of pride Mm -hmm. from how much I work. Yeah. And then when there were some months that my average was below, that's when I would like almost feel shame about that. You're like, I'm not doing enough to Mm -hmm. earn my keep. Right. And then that is when the burnout comes and then I'm just fighting burnout and then I'm showing up. I'm forcing myself here, but I'm not being, I'm not actually being productive Mm -hmm. because I'm burned out. It's a weird cycle. Um, But I also think that that emphasis on overwork is valued in our culture. Oh, absolutely. How busy you are, Mm -hmm. even just beyond your job. Oh, I've got so much to do. The idea of hustle Oh, yeah. Um, You know, getting up early. I'm also a night person. So, you know, that puts a whole thing in Mm -hmm. the clock of productivity as well. But, yeah, like how hard you're working and how much you're doing is highly respected versus 
rest and prioritizing like, you know, other things besides work. I've had some, I've felt shame when I tell people that, oh, I work, I work four days a week. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, is my job not as hard as other people's job? And therefore, like, I'm a bum because right. I, I don't work as many hours as they do. Um, I've had to really fight with that. You know, another thing that I have to fight with, specifically with what we do here, is I love what we do. Mm-hmm. And so in some sense, it's like that means I need to work harder at it because I love it. If I were working, you know, just any old job to pay the bills, I don't think I'd have any problem showing up to work, clocking in, working 70%, Mm -hmm. (laughs) clocking out, going home, getting my paycheck. I think I would be fine with that because it's actually the fact that I'm in the office is me like earning my paycheck. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But here it's so different. Like it feels like just being clocked in, and I use that in quotes, is not enough. Yes, I feel that too. And and maybe because it feels like such a privilege. Mm-hmm. And so then I need to be paying for that privilege yes. in some weird way. That we need to be working harder because we love it. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're going to be working so much harder mm-hmm. because we love our job. But we have bad days too. And we have days that we need to like, all right, we just have to work on this one project and that's what it's going to be and like. And don't you feel like when we stay on top of that it makes it better all around so what I mean is when we um, are working in our skill development days or when we work in time even impromptu time to to be here but not be turned on yeah or uh, not constantly thinking of what's the new next thing that I need yes, to get done yes then that helps preserve our energy for the work as well absolutely um we have a workflow, but the way that Joe and I have set this up has been, these are things that we can fall back on if we're not sure what Mm -hmm. to be doing, but we're not set on this has to get done this way. But sometimes what we need to fall back on if we're not sure what we need to be doing is like just having fun. It's true. Those moments at home when I'm scrolling through Pinterest and then I see an idea for a kid's class, um, I mean, that's part of my work. Or when we're here and doing something and I come up with an idea, sometimes I need to stop answering emails and then I go and work Mm -hmm. on that thing. Mm -hmm. And even though that feels like fun and I'm ignoring my email work over here, that sampling is part of my job just like the email Mm -hmm. is. So your time off from your job, the listener, um, could be beneficial to your job. Right. Because you're still um, growing. Mm -hmm. gaining new perspective, you know, whatever your job is. And maybe the renewal of you is just going to make you better at your job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Madison, you you haven't asked me this in a while, but um, you used to ask me, what are you going to do this weekend to take care of yourself? Oh, yes. (laughs) And I always, (laughs) one, I would like hate, first of all, I was like, oh, that's so nice. She cares that I take care of myself. So that was nice. But also I would be like, well, I mean, honestly, I just want to design our podcast graphic. Uh-huh. Or honestly, I just want to come up with this. Like, I, I just want to keep working. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is especially tricky when the work, the productivity is what is fulfilling. Yes. 
Yeah. So I think that was where this conversation is a catch-22 for me that I do find value from being productive because it's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about my value eggs. I want to put a lot of value eggs into work because it's what is the most fulfilling to me. Mm -hmm. But then it also, without knowing it, steals my basket. How dare it? (laughs) This is my last tip for disconnecting my value from productivity altogether. It's to prioritize authenticity and discipline over productivity or over the to-do list. So this was, you know, in line with ditching the to-do list as a measure of my successful day, showing up, doing the work, going home. Mm -hmm. Then from that, I can be authentic. I can show up to work and say, I don't feel like it today. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to fake it. I can say we're doing something else and I can be authentic or I can do an Insta story about feeling, you know, no energy or no motivation to do something. I don't feel so much like I have to pretend that I am so productive, so successful all the time. The second part of that would be discipline. So prioritizing getting out of bed when I don't want to. Because I had said earlier, I kind of go between those two extremes of being totally on fire, getting tons of stuff done, or hiding in my house, like vegging out and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me to find a middle ground. So not to try to make myself be in the middle ground Mm -hmm. all the time, but to have discipline to pull myself out of the nothing and into the middle ground. Yes. Um, I think about back in my teaching days where I would see teachers who are like, look, I, I'm, I'm struggling today. So for today's lesson, we're going to do something a little bit easier or we're going to do something that's a little bit more fun. And I loved that authentic moments with teachers because the kids respond to that. They're like, oh yes, we get a break. And it normalizes this, you know, we're still going to be here and learn. I'm still showing up, but I'm not going to push myself when I don't have anything else to give. Um, so for those people who are in jobs that maybe, maybe, maybe you aren't as blessed as we are where you're getting to do something you love every day, just showing up and being like, this is what I can give and being authentic about that. And at the same time, not shutting down completely, um, is a great, it's a great place to aim for is finding that middle of this is what I have to give. I'm not going to push myself to give more, um, but I'm not going to wallow in, you know, my depression today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know if we solved it, but we sure talked about it. <laughs> we talked about it a lot. There were lots of weird metaphors today. <laughs> you know, I, I recognize that this is a, a struggle I will always have. And I understand how to pull myself out of it in theory, but the daily practice of it is very difficult. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a workspace where I, I feel free to explore those feelings um, because it is hard. And I, I would imagine it's very hard to do it in other, in other vocations. Well, and I'm just sitting here thinking I'm, single. I mean, now I have a puppy that I have to take care of, Yeah, but I'm not also having to balance 
my own issues with raising a family and having a husband and all of those things. Oh man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So with your productivity in your relationships, sometimes you have to be honest with the person and be like, look, this is what I have to give today. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. I'll show up. I'll be here. I won't, you know, I'm not going to go into a room and shut everybody out, but, uh, this is what I got to offer. Oh, if you don't see, like it, I think I'll be like, I'm going into a room and I'm shutting everybody out. You know, feed there, yourselves. There are probably some days where that's all you have to give. It's like, uh, you know, I'm totally burnt out. I can't do it today. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to do um, sweet and sour? <gasps> yes. Why do I keep forgetting that this is what we're doing now? Because I didn't write anything down. <laughs> okay. Let me think about it. Oh, here's a sour that I have. Um, we had to cancel my second class of the month. Mm. So we canceled the t-shirt quilt class and we canceled a learn to quilt class this week. So since we're talking about um, productivity yep. <laughs> and, you know, it, though the hours I spend teaching those classes are like hours that I feel like, oh, this is legitimate. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so I kind of really use them as a crutch. And so then when those classes get canceled, I think, what are we even doing here? No one even wants to come to class. So every time we have to cancel a class, I really have to give myself a pep talk. I feel that. So my sour is that my Dungeons and Dragons group <laughs> <laughs> has not been meeting for the past two times we're supposed to be meeting. And so we're not making progress in our story together. And so I have to wait another like two weeks. Why have y'all not been meeting? Um, Well, I play with a wide range of people Mm -hmm. and some people have gotten really busy. And so just so schedule stuff. Yeah. Part of their They're like, this is what I got to give. And this is something fun that we do. So we have to cut that first. So you're like, what? Cut your sleep. Don't <laughs> cut Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my sour. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's nothing I can do to help that, though. No. It's okay, though. Yeah. Well, my sweet is that I will give you a sweet. This also is about work. <laughs> Maybe I need to try to come up with another one that's hey, not about work. but it's work. true to you today. Be authentic. Is that we said we wanted to get our summer schedule out at a certain time. We didn't get it out when we said we wanted to, which was March, but we did get it out like mid April. Mm -hmm. And that's the earliest I've ever had the summer planned. And it feels so good. Mm -hmm. So it really helps having someone else here to hold me, like to hold me accountable to certain things. Um, you know, to getting goals done when I feel like it or not. So I am super pumped that we have that done. Me too. And I'm excited to get people to sign up for it. Here's another suite that's related to Pip. <laughs> she went to the vet yesterday and she's gained four pounds. Oh my god. So now goodness. she weighs 15 pounds, which my parents' dog that is a month younger than her weighs 20 pounds. <laughs> Ooh, that's a <laughs> big dog. Yeah. The vet said that she looks very good and I'm very proud. And I cut her toenails for the second time today. Oh, that's really good. And that's hard because it's scary. She, she has dark nails, so you can't see. I'm just cutting off like just a little bit. Yeah. So it's scary, but it's fine. It's good. (gasps) Do you have a sweet? I do. Um, It's pretzel week. That was going to be my salty. 
Oh, <laughs> I, I forgot we do a, a salty too. I was going to add a category. Well, yeah, my sweet is that it's been pretzel week all week because National Pretzel Day was like, I don't know if it was this week or the end of last week, but anyways, pretzels. But by the time you're listening to this, it will no longer apply. No, but uh, dollar pretzels. So excited. Yeah. So that's your salty is that we're going to get salty pretzels today. Yes, I had a very weird interaction with the car hop at Sonic yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if it was the same one guy I talked to and the same guy that delivered it. But if so, he probably was like, this girl is weird. Also, like they always ask you if you want the cheese sauce with your pretzel. And I don't understand why they ask because they asked me. When I ordered and I said yes, yeah, and then when he brought it out, he asked me if I wanted it, and I so, so I said, "Duh, that's the best part." Well, that and the salt, and he looked at me like, <laughs> "Okay," and yeah. then I he said, "Oh, and you got these at a looks like we used a coupon. You got them at a discount." I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, best week ever," and he was like, mm, "Okay, bye." <sighs> he just doesn't understand. The love we have for pretzels. No. So we'll probably get pretzel today. <gasps> Yay. And it will only, we've only gotten it. It will only be our third day in a row to yeah. get them. <laughs> but it's pretzel week. But we so didn't realize, special. like that's what I'm saying. Monday yeah. and Tuesday, we didn't take no. advantage of pretzel week. No. And I won't over the weekend. I won't go. No. It's a make do pretzel thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't enjoy them if I'm not eating them with you. That's not, I mean, I probably would. Yeah. But you would. I will say that when I went to my sister's in Colorado, if y'all don't want to listen to us talk about pretzels, just skip a few yeah, seconds. Do, do a few um, my sister had never had a pretzel, so we got them mm -hmm. and it really wasn't as good. So I don't know if mm. it was that it wasn't made from our favorite Sonic. I don't know if it was that I wasn't with you. I don't know if it was that it was truly like just not as good of a pretzel. Hmm. So too I don't many know. Variables. Yeah, it was way too many variables. Um, let's read a review. <gasps> Yay. I like this part too. So after this week, we only have one more review to read. <gasps> oh, no. And then we'll be out. So if you're listening and you haven't left us a review, give us value. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a value egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We need we need your reviews to feel good about ourselves. Well, not to feel good, but they do seriously make us feel good about ourselves. Okay. Regardless. Here's one from Dallas Seeker. Mm. Oh, I don't know who that is. Curiosity and courage. Joe and Madison are witty, fun, and authentic. Their podcast inspires me to grow in both curiosity and courage through creativity. Highly recommend and would totally wear a t-shirt with their logo. <gasps> yes! I'm, I'm sorry. I probably blew out everyone's ears, no, but... Okay. Uh, Podcast t-shirt. Yeah. Well, Dallas Seeker, I don't know who you are, but if you're listening to this, send me a message and we'll get you a keychain. <gasps> yes. Because we don't have t-shirts, but we do have a keychain with our logo. We sure do. Um, so. All right. Well, do you do you want to sing us out? Oh, yes. I'm supposed to sing us out. You don't have to do it every week. I can do it some weeks. Do, you, you, can. do you have a tune in your head? No. But I can make one. It okay. can be like... It's pretzel week. I hope your week is as good as if it was pretzel week. Goodbye. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you.
thank you to my dear, dear friend Craig Hudson for our very createful theme music. You can hear more of Craig's music on Spotify under Craig Hudson. That's Hudson with a T. Or you can just uh, click on the link in the show notes. Also, be sure to connect with Make Do on Instagram at Make Do Create or on Facebook at Make Do Circe. And visit our website, makedocreate.org for upcoming classes, show notes, to order a face mask, lots of things. We'll be back here with another episode next Monday. Have a good week, y'all.